Friends, welcome to the Small Business Matters podcast. It's the only podcast that truly matters to small business. My name is Tim Fulton. I'm the founder, chief evangelist for Small Business Matters, host for today's podcast. I'm joined by my co-host, Taylor Fulton, the director of marketing for Small Business Matters. Hey, Taylor, how are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? Great. You know, this is this is maybe my favorite time of the year. Spring is in the air. The the temperatures have gotten a little bit warmer. Baseball has started. Uh, basketball playoffs. What more could we ask for? Um, less pollen, but other than that, hard to imagine. <laughs> I was playing tennis yesterday, and I was still choking on uh, the pollen. You'd think it would be gone by now. Oh no, not yet. Yeah. So Taylor, I'm really excited about today's podcast and our, our guest. You know, I get a lot of questions from business owners about marketing. I'm sure, you know, and you're in a you're in a marketing role full time and what's working, what's not working, digital marketing and particularly uh around LinkedIn and how to use LinkedIn both for for marketing purposes but for hiring purposes as well. And I'm pleased that we have just the person to answer all those questions for us today. And that's Aaron Anderson. So Aaron, great to have you with us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me today. So I'll tell you a little bit about Erin. She is a LinkedIn marketing strategist, a hiring specialist, and a, a popular speaker based out of New York City, where she's from originally. She speaks at a lot of different, both in-person and virtual summits and conferences. She does seminars lots of different types of events. She also does some coaching with companies. Out of her headquarters there in New York City, she does a lot of speaking on LinkedIn strategies, specifically how organic marketing attracts traffic to businesses like many of our listeners, and then also how to use LinkedIn in the hiring process, finding the best talent in the most efficient way. Aaron is also a graduate of graduate degree from Wake Forest University. And she has her undergraduate degree from Furman University, which is, I believe, is in Greenville, South Carolina. Did I get that right? Yes. Furman for undergrad and then Wake Forest School Business for grad. Yeah. Perfect. And <laughs> she lived for our friends here in Atlanta. She lived here in Atlanta for about four years before returning home to New York City. So, Aaron, again, great to have you with us today. Aaron spoke, Taylor, Aaron spoke to my Small Business Matters Mastermind Group a couple months ago and just gave them some really good ideas and strategies on, on leveraging LinkedIn. So Aaron, let's start with this. Give us kind of the CNN version of how you got to where you are today, please. Yeah. So I, after Wake, I moved to Atlanta and started my career actually in corporate banking and quickly realized through numerous toxic work cultures and also not being on the relationship client-facing side of the business that it wasn't for me. And during a pandemic, after I had left my last company, I had kind of started to exercise my skills that I felt like I wasn't really using in financial services. Um, some of them that I had gained in grad school through taking business courses and then also um, you know, really leaning into what were my key skills that I always had, which A, is I'm definitely a connector. So leaning more into that uh, in a world where we were locked inside. And B, the other being is that since I was very young, writing has always, it's a passion, but it's also a strength of mine and not necessarily creative writing, but more um, really concise business writing. And so 
I started leaning into that more uh, while I was in corporate. I had freelanced on the side. I uh, loosely, without getting paid, I had helped family and friends land six-figure positions, no problem, through branding them correctly and advising them on interviewing and salary negotiation um, and was getting all these results. So when I was unemployed, uh, come March 2020, I was in my fourth final interviews at several companies. And um, I was actually interviewing on March 17th, which was St. Patrick's Day. And I remember I was waiting for to be called in for my interview. And the secretary got a call that all the schools were shutting down. So she had to go pick up her kids. And that was at the point that I was like, okay, <laughs> there might not be results after today's interview, even though I was supposed to receive an offer at the end of the week. So that was when I um, went on unemployment and very type A. I don't like to not be doing anything and figured, why don't I give this a shot and see if I can help so many people that were out of work, but also had the time to transition and grow their connections and their presence on LinkedIn. Um, and so I, I just kind of dove right in. And until I guess last year, I had my highest month in July, 2020, because so many people were not only out of work, but again, they had the time to transition and rethink about their course of life, just like I did. And yeah, since then it's, it's been since June, 2020 full time. I'm um, in almost celebrating three years in business this year. Awesome. Thanks so much for the overview, Aaron. I'm looking at your uh, your LinkedIn right now. And definitely with, with COVID and even the past couple of years as for the hiring boom has took off. And then more recently, there's been some layoffs. I think some of the, the key points you touched on and services you provide are, are super mm-hmm. important for our listeners. I'm curious, like if you have a, a typical audience person or um, kind of profile that will come to you, like, uh, are they in a similar spot that you were in where they're just kind of like, mm, like, I'm not sure this career is for me and they're looking to make like a big transition or mm-hmm. is it sometimes not maybe that that significant and they're just, they're looking for a new role, but they're trying to figure out how to better position themselves online. Yeah. Are you saying kind of like my target client? Like who is it that typically exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. the most? Yeah. So both, I actually work both in the career transition space. And I also work with a lot of business owners, corporations. Newly, I'm working with a lot of C-suite leaders sometimes individually or as a group um, of small, medium-sized, it could be small business, it could be startups, it could be corporations. And leaning on that side, I would say leaning more into how are we showing up as a leader on LinkedIn? LinkedIn's been adding all these features to promote thought leadership. So how are we not just focused on sales, but more on reputation um, as well as thought leadership? So how are we getting seen for ourselves and the company? Um, and why that kind of goes back to the hiring piece of, well, if we want to attract the right candidates, we really have to show up in a way that is attractive to them in a competitive hiring market and following hiring trends, but applying them on LinkedIn. I see often, you know, so many of my clients and people that I hear, they they go to these pages and they're they're looking at the leaders of the people who are running this company. And I feel like so many people forget that they are looking at leadership. They're not just looking at the website. They're actually digging in. And so the representation, it doesn't matter if it's a small firm of two or a corporation of 4,000. I worked with both and they need to be showing up in a, you know, a leadership perspective, but also you're, you know, you're looking to attract, uh, like for example, if DEI is a focus, are you participating in content that is promoting that? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you, you, touched on the thought leadership point, I could probably go down a rabbit hole here. So 
Um, yeah. I'll, try, I'll try not to. But other than doing nothing and not posting anything or having any sort of presence in thought leadership, what are maybe one or two things that, that the C-suite or leadership in general uh, is doing wrong when it comes to, to doing things on LinkedIn or, or not? Yeah. So it sounds simple, but I would say just lack of participation. <laughs> um, they get so busy. And usually when I get a request, it's because they're like, oh, I think our company should be doing this. And then I have them go back to their board of directors and I encourage them to, to really have a discussion on the thought leadership that they want to promote internally. And then from there, we're able to go ahead and brand them. But I would say just lack of engagement. Maybe they're posting, but they're not reciprocating. So they're not getting started in conversations. I would say from a leadership perspective, that's what I see most often. And so they want everyone to engage on their posts, but then they don't do it on anyone else's. And so they, that means they're not setting a goal for the week of like 30 minutes of engagement, an hour of engagement. Uh, I am definitely guilty of that. I, I'm terrible <laughs> at both posting and commenting, but... Uh, I will at least try to yep. like promote something once a month, but I could not tell you the last time I've probably commented or interacted with something other than just clicking like. Yeah, <laughs> it's common. I mean, up here, I live in New York City, so I usually tell people when you're on the subway, you know, uh, try to try to start to engage. But it's it's really about defining goals. I always tell people kind of lose the idea of the rules of LinkedIn. I feel like so many people like participate in a challenge or they buy something that tells them do this and do this at this time versus why don't we just make your LinkedIn strategy work for you so that you actually do it? Because when we're when we're confined by these LinkedIn rules or these strategies that have been coming in many different directions, we tend just not to do it because they're too intimidating. Aaron, it's hard to imagine that any of our listeners would not be familiar with LinkedIn as a social media platform. How would you describe LinkedIn in terms of a platform, a social media marketing platform? Sure. And then secondly, compare and contrast LinkedIn to, to Facebook, to Instagram, to Twitter. How would you compare LinkedIn to those other platforms that we may also be familiar with? Yeah. So I always say from a small business perspective that like your higher level, higher paying client is always on LinkedIn. They're not on Instagram. Typically, I usually get referrals through Instagram because that's how someone's finding me. But a lot of Instagram are people that are starting off and a lot of it's cold pitching or it's like heavy selling. LinkedIn is more about showing up from a thought leader perspective, really affecting branding. I'd say less sales, more reputation, um, building a credible profile, right? We can see your qualifications on there. You're not able to lie about them. We can see your testimonials all in one space. So uh, essentially like a second website, if you will, you know, versus these other social media sites. I would also say there's a lot more, in my opinion, um, security with the platform. Like we see TikTok and Facebook and Instagram, and we see not only do we not know if they're going to be around, we also see a lot of hacking and people actually losing their accounts. There's a lot more security and, and ways to preserve those on LinkedIn. Um, maybe less ads. There's definitely ads on LinkedIn. But I would say it's when we log on to LinkedIn or we open the LinkedIn app, we're actually expecting to read content. I'd say that's the biggest difference. Um, we don't log in expecting to watch a 10-second video or just an image. We're actually logging on to read written content, like something that somebody put their heart and soul in for probably 30 minutes at least. And 
we also know we're probably going to have either some type of value, like a takeaway or inspiration from the post. And there, there just is not another platform doing that at the moment. How have you seen LinkedIn evolve over time? I'm trying to think back to when like I first started using it and it was like this, <laughs> this like professional version of Facebook almost. And now it's really to your point evolved into much more of like a, like a content engine. So I'm curious how, how you view it. That's a good question. So it's changed dramatically. In fact, it's almost changing too quickly. Like it's hard to keep up. LinkedIn does also not always notify you that things have changed. So it's only through exploration that you're finding it yourself. Um, I'm fortunate to be in a, a group of LinkedIn strategists that we, you know, we share insight and we talk about these changes. I would say that LinkedIn has moved even from a reputation standpoint from a career site to over COVID a career and business site from a networking perspective. Um, I actually, as I mentioned earlier, I started off mostly doing the career aspect of LinkedIn. And one of the number one questions I was getting when I was networking during the pandemic was, why are you not doing this for, for business owners? We're stuck inside. We're trying to find alternate forms to network and promote our business at no cost, right? So you LinkedIn can be free if you optimize it correctly. And if not a, a low-cost premium account and I find that over time, LinkedIn has started leaning into how can we promote those that are creating content, A, and B, how can we turn it into a platform of thought leadership? So these AI articles now, so they're LinkedIn staying in sync with new technology. So AI comes out, right? ChatGBT. And now all of a sudden, there are LinkedIn AI articles that are being generated. And how are we getting those people that are content creators on the platform invited to these articles, uh, sharing insight to the community, but also encouraging them through rewarding them with like LinkedIn community badges, for instance. And so it's definitely moved from a, I won't want to say solely, but a primarily recruiting site to a thought leadership site at this point where everybody can benefit from content. It's not just a business owner. It's not just a client. It could be a career seeker too. So I'd say it's a platform of value at this point. So Aaron, if I'm a, like many of our listeners, I'm a small business owner and I'm, I'm relatively new to LinkedIn. Uh-huh. Do I need an individual account or should I have a business account? Should I have both of those? Yeah, great. So I always say you should have a personal account tied to your company page, right? So on your company page, you're able to really give credibility to your, you know, to your logo, to your company name and enter all of those, uh, that information in that represents your business. You're primarily always creating content through yourself. If nothing else, it's not that you should ignore the company page, but your LinkedIn's always going to promote personal content more because it's a people platform, right? Like they're looking for thought leadership. They're not just looking at the company, but with that being said, there's a lot of new company pages that are featured. And now there's a lot of new features that are coming out for, B2B and not just B2C. So as LinkedIn continues to evolve in that way, I think we'll we'll start to see more conversations happening between companies. But at the moment, I would say, you know, if you only have so much time per week, you need to create content as an individual, whether that's a business owner. You know, even when I work with corporations, they're like, we need, we definitely need help in terms of our company page. And I'm like, but wait, let's look at senior leadership because that's where people are looking and that's where we can get a lot of eyes. There's a lot of followers, right? Think of these CEOs with 40,000 followers, 50,000, 100,000, or think of like the new CEO of Starbucks that is, he is going to go work in stores once per month, right? So like that's content that you want on LinkedIn and why? Because it's relatable. 
Thinking back kind of to the evolution of LinkedIn for a second, yeah. do you have a, a favorite like tool within the platform today? And, and granted, as you said, there's so many, but but one that you find extra valuable? Ooh, I like creator mode. So it's fairly new, but it's great for content creators because now when we go to somebody's page with this follow versus connect button, we somebody may just follow us simply because they are seeing what we talk about. So creator mode gives a preview, almost like an appetizer of, hey, here's what my content's about. And remembering that it's it's more about what you talk about, less what you do. Because you could be a career coach, for example, but like for myself, and I focus on LinkedIn, I don't necessarily talk about those broad subjects. I more talk about like toxic work culture as my specific topic on LinkedIn. And so it's a great way to gain a following and people not just following and connecting because of you, right? Not just because they met you, but actually, you know, second, third connections that are connecting and following you because they want to hear more and stay in the loop on the content that you're creating. Yeah, absolutely. And that brings me kind of to a quick follow-up. Um, mm-hmm. Something I get confused about sometimes is what is the difference between following somebody and connecting with them? Great question. So follow is when we're like primarily looking for content, the more, um, the higher that your following gets, it'll actually automatically encourage people to follow. You can change that in settings, but now it automatically does if you're connecting and then you're following. So if you're connecting and following, you have a much better job, a much better chance of seeing content. If you're following, you're going to primarily see content. The majority of people who follow me, I do connect with them as well. Uh, we have an unlimited number of followers. We do have that cap of number of people that can eventually connect with us. So that, I'm assuming, was LinkedIn's reason of um, generating that button now so that we're able to expand our network. Gotcha. So, and yeah. I can I can follow you or anybody without permission, right? Like, it's just, a, I just want to hear what you're, you're, uh, yeah. you're talking about. There's no, like, accept right? Right. Correct. Yeah. Aaron, it seems like I'm seeing more video on LinkedIn. Uh, is it confirmed for me that that's accurate? And if so, is there a reason why individuals and companies are putting more video? Is there some advantage to posting video? I don't know. I, you know, a lot of people say like, we have this trend of video, we have this trend of images, we need video. I've never put a video on LinkedIn. I have a pretty decent following. Um, I think it, it depends on what your audience expects. For example, I know somebody that Curry, you know, she became famous on other platforms because of her videos. So she is going on LinkedIn and showing up in that way. Other people like to create trends, like depending on what market they're in and financial services, real estate, hospitality, they come on with like an update of news every week because of the position that they're in and they educate their audience because they always have showed up on the video platform. Um, I think it's fine if it's done well and it's expected in a trend format. Otherwise, I definitely, I don't think it's necessary. Um, I've seen text posts outperform video and image time and time again because people are coming on the platform expecting to read. And Aaron, just out of curiosity, uh, how often do you post or engage a week? Or is it even is it more than that? Is it daily? So I always engage daily. Um, and because I'm kind of against the like rules on LinkedIn now, I post when it feels good and I'm not rushed. So like honestly, I post once every two weeks. Um, and that's usually because my content performs for two weeks. I still have likes and comments coming in over the two weeks. And so if I were to post again, I'd be taking away traction from that post. And I get a lot of clients from it. So I don't find a need. 
It's more about like, okay, if I post on Monday and by the next Monday, it stopped receiving as much engagement and I'm happy with how it performed, great. Then I'm, I can go ahead and post again. I don't find that it's that, you know, posting a number of times per day or week is necessarily going to enhance your sales or reputation. My content does quite well. So I, I don't think that that's necessarily important. I do think it's important to engage at least a few times a week. Um, again, I have the advantage of not having to drive in New York City. So when I'm on the subway, I just kind of make that my goal once a day, like engage with a few people's posts. Um, the more you engage, the more your posts will always do well, especially if you engage a few days before you're getting ready to post. So does the reverse hold true in that if your content is not performing well or if you're relatively new to posting content, that frequency is more important? Not necessarily. I always think it's really about like the post. Like when you write a post, after I write a post, I ask myself two things. I'm like, A, did was I relatable? Did I Can somebody relate to this? Because if I'm not relatable, they're not going to want to work with me and probably read my future posts. And then I asked myself, like, did I provide value in some way? Did somebody, does someone have some takeaway or inspiration from this that's going to cause them to want to follow me, to want to, you know, there's a feature on profiles now to ring your bell, which means that every time you post, someone will actually get a notification about that. And so did I encourage someone today to go ring my bell? Like they want, they know that I'm going to just provide so much inspiration or value or tips for them that it's no brainer. Um, I ask myself that every single time I post, um, so no, I think I think it really comes down to the topic, the ability to be a discussion. Like if I were to get on and write a post about toxic work culture and have my call to action be, tell me about the the current toxic work culture that you're in, nobody would engage because their audience, their boss, their coworkers are on LinkedIn. Yeah. So really thinking about like, is this a conversation, A, that I didn't exclude anybody that everyone could participate in and B, would it feel good for other people to participate in it? Would it benefit them? Friends, you're listening to the Small Business Matters podcast. It's the only podcast that truly matters to small business. Our guest today is Erin Anderson. She's a LinkedIn specialist and a professional connector. Erin, I've got one more question for you, and then I'll turn over to Taylor for his rapid-fire questions. So again, uh, imagine uh, our listeners, small business owners, and what I hear quite frequently from them is how difficult it is to find talent. And they're always looking for new ways, new channels to find talent. How would they, How would you recommend that they use LinkedIn to try to find the best candidates, the best future employees? So I get a lot of people that come to me and they're like, I don't understand why we're using LinkedIn to do this or variety of things they say. LinkedIn is one of those sites that we can actually see, like I mentioned before, how credible people are. Like, can we verify education? Can we look at testimonials? Some of the, the trends that I see in hiring that aren't working are just like clarity on types of job titles. Um, and LinkedIn provides a lot of guidance on that. So we can see trends. They recommend titles to us, which is really helpful. And then there are LinkedIn job ads to boost posts that aren't as popular, or maybe the titles are. LinkedIn also makes it easy in terms of like, we're able to filter questions. So we can ask or filter qualifications through questions. So we can ask our, uh, the candidates different questions, and then they automatically get put into either pile A or pile B versus having to sort through like a hundred applications at once. So LinkedIn has improved a lot of their hiring techniques. And I always say the more 
you know, going back to that thought leadership aspect, are you as the founder or company owner showing up and really do you have optimized branding on your profile so that it's attractive for candidates to apply to your company? Aaron, quick follow-up. You mentioned earlier there's a there's a free version of LinkedIn, and then there's a, a paid version, a premium version. Help our listeners understand what's the difference between the two and what do you recommend to your clients? So premium has a few, you know, a few different things that are that are great. I wouldn't say it's necessary. The cost has definitely increased over the over the past couple of years. I have premium because I'm always on it every day, all day. And so, you know, the biggest things that I say is it lets you message people you're not connected with, which I personally don't think is a great feature because at the point of LinkedIn is to connect, but it is good when candidates are trying to connect with recruiters, maybe that just don't see an incoming request and they can message them or a business. For example, if someone is trying to message you and for some reason you didn't see their connection request, Uh, It also lets us see everybody who's viewed our profile. So we have a limited number of views without a premium account. And I think you really need to decide for you as a career seeker or business owner, you know, is it worth it for the cost a month uh, to have that? I will say, I think LinkedIn has a trial. And then if you go off of it for a little while, then they give you another trial. So you might just want to try it out on on a trial basis. Um, But I definitely would not say for a business owner that it is necessary or required. Great. Thank you. So now we're going to move to my favorite part of the podcast. It's the rapid fire questions. Taylor is going to ask you a series of rapid fire questions. You're going to respond. He is intent upon stumping you with these questions. I'm betting on you. So uh, Taylor, go ahead. All right. We'll start with an easy one. Hopefully it's easy. Uh, It was mentioned uh, you lived in Atlanta for a time period. So I'm curious. Uh, rapid fire. What's one thing that you miss most about Atlanta or maybe just the South in general? Not a lot. Antico pizza, even though I live in New York City. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. All right. And then on the flip side, yeah. uh, in New York, what is your favorite thing to do in New York City? I like to walk along the Hudson on the piers. Oh, very nice. And is it, this is sort of a follow-up, but is it, is it warming up this time of year there? It is. It was actually 87 this past weekend. It was hotter than Texas. <laughs> um, we're back into spring mode in 62 now, thankfully. Oh, beautiful. All right. Uh, if you don't mind sharing, what is one book that you are currently reading? The Psychology of Money. Psychology of Money. Very good. And we've talked a lot about uh, LinkedIn and tips for LinkedIn. I'm, I'm curious if you could just give one takeaway from our our listeners, what is one tip that you would encourage uh, our audience to to dive into? Yeah. So uh, creating a banner with a clear call to action, um, as well as your contact information. So I just compare like the banner, which is the picture behind your profile picture to be Mm -hmm. like the billboard on a highway. And it needs to be really direct. It needs to tell us where we're going and what it is that we're going to get. So your name, email, your branding, and what it is that you'd like us to do. If you don't tell us there, it's really hard to get people to stay on your profile. So whether that's book a consultation or apply for a call with you. Oh, that's awesome. Great tip. Uh, and then we'll get you out of here on this. This is one of our, our favorite questions. Who is the the actress that plays Aaron uh, in the movie about Aaron? That's a stumper. I will say that I started my career off uh, interning in fashion marketing, and it was very similar to Devil Wears Prada. 
I feel like now is a little difficult just because there's not too many movies I feel like about entrepreneurship all the time. It's a lot about the corporate world. Yeah, that was uh, was it Anne Hathaway? I think that was Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah, you're right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Aaron, great answers. I'm giving you the win today. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, Taylor, I've got a, a page full of notes uh, from Aaron about LinkedIn. Uh, about it's almost uh, a couple of things. One, it's uh, looking at it as a, a second website. I never thought of that, that, you know, to work in conjunction with your existing website, uh, better security, the idea of having both an individual and a, a, a company page that those two should be uh, in sync with each other. Uh, I'm going to look into the tool that Aaron mentioned, the creator mode. I'm not familiar with that, but I want to look into that. And I thought she gave us some really good ideas on leveraging LinkedIn to look for talent. How about you? Any particular takeaways? Uh, yeah, I think all the info just shared on LinkedIn and about engaging and sharing content and sort of the evolution of the platform uh, was super interesting. So appreciate your insights, Aaron. Yeah, thank you. Very helpful. Aaron, I'm certain that a number of our listeners will want to reach out to you after today's podcast. What's the easiest way for them to contact you? To LinkedIn. <laughs> Uh, my last name is Anderson with S-E-N. So that's if you can't find me. I'm also on LinkedIn as your brand networker. So that's a great place to find me or your brand networker on Instagram or super simple info at yourbrandnetworker.com. Um, I offer free consultations. So if you feel like you are a great fit for just needing some overall strategy on LinkedIn, maybe really breaking that uh, role game and trying to figure out how LinkedIn works best for you and your business, I'd be happy to help. Great. Well, thank you. And again, I would encourage any of our listeners who are interested in making better use of, of LinkedIn, either for external marketing or for internal marketing, think about reaching out to Aaron for help. So Taylor, a couple of quick announcements. I want to remind our listeners, if you're not already a subscriber to the Small Business Matters newsletter, it's very easy. You can visit our website at www smallbusinessmattersonline.com and sign up for the free newsletter. Uh, Taylor, we've got uh, the Small Business Matters Bootcamp is going to be coming up second half of this year, kicking off in August. Very much looking for that. Uh, there's information about the Small Business Matters Bootcamp on our website as well. We're also, you may recall, Taylor, during the, uh, I know we try to forget the pandemic, but during the pandemic, we were hosting a Small Business Matters uh, monthly luncheon, and we are resurrecting that and starting back up with the, the, the monthly luncheon. And of course, we've got the Small Business Matters uh, Mastermind Group. That group currently is, is full, pleased to say, but we're always looking for people who might be interested in, in that experience. Well, I want to remind our listeners to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, the Small Business Matters podcast. Tell your friends and thank you for listening to the Small Business Matters podcast. It is the only podcast that truly matters to small business. May each of you continue to pursue all that matters.